0: Welcome!
1: Five, four,
2: three, two, one,
0: one. Ready?
3: Go! Welcome to Player One on Sin. That's right, we are back, and it is season three, week one of season three. Brand new team, brand new format, a brand new hour. This is a super exciting moment, and you know what? I thought, how can we else can we have exciting moments without the former executive producer and just an all around great guy, Connor, joining us as a new host for season three?
0: Oh wow, uh, such kind words, Jacob. You said nothing like that about me last year, so it's nice you've had a turnaround <laughs> on it. <laughs> Um. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to pretend
3: I didn't hear that. We're going to move on to the other <laughs> voice I just heard. That's Nathan. he's coming back from season two to bring some of that season two. Uh, what's the word? Um, energy. Zazz. <laughs> Zaz has and energy over to season three. Nathan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pumped. And of course we have the most majestic voice and the voice of our top of the hours. Uh, He has returned from season two just as well, filled with pizzazz and energy as is Nathan to uh, bring us into season three. Here is Tom.
2: Hello, everybody. I know you have missed me because I truly have missed you too. Wow. Another hour. Who couldn't want another hour? I'll tell you right now. Definitely
3: not me. (laughs) More more player one for you to digest. Now, Of course, if you want to find any of our content, you can find us on Player One Sin, on Twitter and Instagram, Player One on YouTube, and on Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And coming up later in the show, we have all sorts of great stuff. In fact, you know what? We have two very special interviews uh, coming Uh, up. Here's here's a bit of a hint for the first interview. This song is a huge hint for it. We've got to throw up the X though, that this song does have a a couple naughty words in it. So
0: yes, yes. Grab, yeah. Grab the children, chuck them into bed. Don't let them out until the exact second the song's over. Um, Lots of naughty words in this, but that naughty
4: word song is that was times up by sicko from Sin's Sweet 16 um, playlist. Check it out on sin.org.au. You're listening to player one on sin with me, Nathan, as well as Jacob, Connor, and Tom. Um, right now we're doing rapid fire news and Tom, can you take it away, please? I
2: got this right now, Nathan, here. Ready for the first bit of news? Doom Eternal's free invasion multiplayer mode has been cancelled by id Software. Um, sad, but it says that they're working on an alternative. Pokemon Nature Theme Park is opening in Japan. It is called Pokemon Wonder and it has 48, 000 square feet, uh, a 48,000 square feet park filled with hidden Pokemon like Oddish in the grass and so on. That is super exciting. Pokemon Go, but... Not on my phone. That's like it's like real, but I can't catch them. But they're cool. They're there. I wonder if they're fluffy. We'll see. Nether Realm is moving on to its next project. There will be no more DLC for Mortal Combat Eleven. It's uh, uh... That's like, that's like the Boomer Smash, isn't it? You
0: know, all of my
2: ladies rockstar like oh kind of my. vibey action heroes rockstar Get- co-founder dan hauser is seemingly involved with a new video game company named absurd ventures in games the last of us hbo series has entered its production stage ea is reportedly reviving dead space with a remake take two interactive has a- oh yeah that's exciting by the
0: way. <laughs> but the ea screw them
2: what <laughs> take Two Interactive has acquired the Red Dead and NBA 2K Facial Animation Studio. A former Microsoft employee discovered a glitch that generated 25-digit codes allowing him to create endless amounts of codes that he sold to third-party websites. He stole about $10 million. The last chest in Breath of the Wild has been opened. I wonder what was in it. PlayStation.
3: There was a piece of amber. I can confirm that one. <laughs> That's
2: still exciting. PlayStation buys PC porting devs Nixies, and they said that there was actually a lot of companies fighting to buy them. Ghost of Tsushima is getting a director's cut. Control is getting a PVE multiplayer spin-off. At the moment, it is codenamed Condor. Fans are mad about the Final Fantasy remaster font and how generic it is. Well, you should look at your Nintendo Switch containers. Sometimes they have a really generic font and you know what, that's whatever. Miles Morales and Ratchet & Clank are getting new graphic upgrades. Pokemon Go has made $5 billion in five years. That's with a B. That is a lot. Mobile games, they make mobile money. That's all I'm... GTA 6 will reportedly return to Vice City and will feature an evolving map. GTA 6 could be released in 2025. Hopefully even later. You know, I want those rockstar devs to take a enjoy themselves for once a new nintendo switch model has been announced and it has an oled screen and the joy cons are white they're gonna get really dirty and player one season three has started and it is now three whole hours
0: my god tom we're gonna to have a better three hour show than monday night raw it's gonna be fantastic the ratings are gonna be through the roof oh, there Listen, are. when those dirt <laughs> sheets we're gonna have our own dirt dave sheets. Meltzer. When those dirt shades report that Player One has reported ratings of 2 million listeners, guess what? Those 2 million are going to be skipping Monday Night Raw to listen to us. Oh, um, I hope so. Hopefully. <laughs> now, Pokemon theme park in Japan. Is this like an extension of the Nintendo world?
3: No, it isn't. I, nice. saw, I saw a couple photos on this, and uh, I'm going to direct you towards them. Check out IGN's Facebook page if you haven't already. That's where I saw them. And it's literally just like a nature walk but they've hidden little oh, Pokemon statuettes okay. and all sorts of things. There was a little uh, handful of like seeds or uh, acorns. And one of them was just a little seed. There's oh. uh, stuff like that hidden all around. It sounds actually really, really cool. So I definitely suggest check that out. But Connor... We have to take the new releases, and it's been a while for you. So um, are you ready?
0: Okay, so back in, for context, back in 2019 when I was a wee lad at the Cruel Player One, I did the rapid-fire releases and nearly ran out of breath because of it. So, all right, let's get back into this. Forgive me as I may be a little bit rusty, but coming July 13th, we've got Curveface Face coming to f- Switch. <laughs> Say already, Outsider, Afterlife coming to PC, Where the Heart Lay- Leads for PS5 and PS4. July 14th, we got Skydome coming for PC. July 15th, Labyrinth City, Pierre the Maze Detective coming to Switch. And holy crap, we've got a new Space Jam game? What the hell? Come on and slam, and you can welcome to the jam on PC and Xbox July 15th. And July 16th, we've got F1 2021 20, coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, S. PS4 and Xbox One. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. If you want to buy an old Zelda game for $70, be my freaking guest. Coming to Switch. And Observer System Redux coming to P- PS4 and Xbox One. Within the Blade coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So, boy, not a lot, but we got something. We got Zelda. Who likes Zelda? Woo! <laughs> I can think of a few people who
3: like Zelda, but before we can get into that, We have to go to our next song. That next song, of course, wonderful song. It is From the End of the World by Electric Light Orchestra. Here on Player One on Sid. Higher
2: by Budjera featuring Nagaira, (laughs) who's the song that you just heard. That's a lot of words, but that is also part of Sin's Sweet 16. You can find that playlist on Sin.org as well. It's probably somewhere on Spotify now. This week. I have been playing video games. I must confess, guys, on this video game radio show, I have been gaming, and this whole week, okay, I've I've been lounging around my house because I recently got a PlayStation Five, and I'm so I'm blessed. Really, I'm
4: jealous. Well, I'm jealous. You should be
2: at my determination. Okay, I sat watching that Twitter bot. I watched it posted, it, and I got my PlayStation, and I've just been playing Ratchet and Clank. I've been playing Resident Evil, and I've been playing that one where Astro's Playroom. That was really fun. I played that in one sitting. The whole game, platinum bit in one sitting. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's sometimes there's not a lot going on. But, you know, school <laughs> holidays. <so I'm, laughs> I don't need to point any fingers, but you know, maybe someone else who's had some cool stuff going on. You know, Jacob, what
3: have you been playing? So I, I haven't been as lucky as you. I decided to delve back into a game that I adore, um, but I definitely want to get better at it because um, personally, I've been doing a little bit of streaming, and every time I stream any game, I get somebody jumping in going do you speed run this? And I have to unfortunately tell them, no, sorry, I just play Mario 64 for my own enjoyment. Um, but one of those games has been Hollow Knight and I'm never going to speed run the game but I figured, you know what, I've already beaten it. Let's try the Steel Soul mode. And what that is, is it's you get one death through the entire game. Um, it completely changes how you approach the game and how you follow the game because the game, as you, in normal gameplay, it kind of encourages you to um, go into a boss, die, and figure out how they work. Whereas this one, you have to kind of remember what the boss does, uh, what each area has. If you fall into a trap, like there's many in a Metroidvania, you're gone, you're dead, give up, son. Um, I did that. I fell in, I being a boss, I was extremely happy with myself, I didn't think I'd get through it, and then I fell into a pit and got killed by a normal enemy and kind of just walked away in, absolute despair as my save file got deleted um which like it was fun but i don't know
0: if i want to pick it up again now uh but yeah that's that's what i've been playing connor yourself um well it's been a while since a i've been on the show and b since i've done anything player one related but um i also jumped on the next gen uh, bandwagon and, and I actually did purchase an Xbox Series S for the purpose of using it as a game pass machine and I love the console it's become like one of my favorites just because for me for the purpose that I had um, it fits it perfectly and I've been enjoying it I love it so much I've been the first, when I bought it the first two games I loaded up was an old FPS game from like 2006 called Black which was made by Criterion and then as well, I dove into Fallout New Vegas. And since then, um, I've been playing. I do play on my Switch still. I have played a lot of Apex Legends. So I'm up to about like maybe 80 hours on Apex Legends on Switch. And I've also been playing a game that was an Xbox exclusive. I think soon it's going over to the PlayStation, um, The Medium. Uh, done by Blueber Team. So the guys who did um, Blair Witch, I believe they also did, and the Mirrors of Fear or Layers of Fear series. Uh, it's a very slow-paced, Silent Hill-style game where um, whenever you move into a different area, there's different camera angles where it has like very uh, low-key or high-key shots. The camera angles are very well done. Um, it's a bit janky, but I've really enjoyed it. I enjoy a slow-paced horror game and this is I'm um, and I'm getting exactly that out of the medium. I know it's a bit 50/50 on whether people like it or not, but from my own personal end, I'm thoroughly enjoying the game and just diving into some Subnautica. I'm nearly at the end of the first one and then I'm finally going to try and get started on Subnautica Below Zero. So that's been everything, oh, most things that I've been playing. Nathan, please enlighten me on everything you've been playing this past week or six months. (laughs) Up to you. Um,
4: So as some people may know, um, recently there has been the Steam summer sale, which happens every summer, and it's a sale where Steam puts lots of games for very cheap and you can buy them. So um, I bought a few games. I bought... um, The entire Supreme Commander series, although I already had Supreme Commander 2, and I don't think it came with Supreme Commander 3, so just Supreme Commander 1 and Supreme Commander Forged Alliance, I guess. (laughs) Um, I also bought um, Command & Conquer Remastered Collection, which is the original Command & Conquer and Command & Conquer Red Alert. And also I bought Planetary Annihilation's Titans, which is... um, a, like, kind of spiritual successor to uh, Supreme Commander, and I've been playing those a lot, been getting into some RTS, even though I kind of suck at it.
3: <laughs> that's that, Honestly, that's fair, and, like, obviously, if you suck at a game, you're going to flounder a little bit, and uh, I, have to, I have to ask, <laughs> did anyone flounder here? Did I flounder? Is Did I Flounder by George
0: Clanton. And that was Swim by Zeke Power from our Sweet 16 playlist. If you want to know where you can find that, well, go to the Sin website at sin.org.au and why not tune in to Sunday Sweets on Sunday afternoon? It's even better. And before that, you heard Did I Flounder by George Clanton. Well, listen, we all know that Sonic has been floundering for the past 20 years, but you know what? The 30th anniversary has been kicking off with such a banger. Jacob, tell me more.
3: Okay, so we've obviously talked a fair bit about Sonic's 30th anniversary because it kind of happened in three waves. And this is the third wave of it um, that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, This was the Symphonic Orchestra. It was a love letter to anyone that's played Sonic pretty much ever, unless you played most of Sonic 3 because that doesn't exist musically. Um, But what happened here is they got about a two-hour show. Half of it was a Symphonic Orchestra working its way up from Sonic 1 through almost every single title, including things like the Game Gear that I completely forgot existed. Sonic Jam, the not officially released game, was even mentioned there. Uh, all the way up to the newest, of course, forgetting about Sonic Boom because they seemingly just don't want to admit that that exists. <laughs> and then swapping to a couple bands. Uh, the t- uh, well, I'm going to butcher this name, Tomoya on uh, Otani Band. And then moving back, swapping to Crush 40 and continuing to move backwards through the entire lineage of Sonic. And anyone who knows Sonic, whether you're a fan or not, will know that the music is some of the best in video games and consistently some of the best. I be- was going
0: to say, yeah, Sonic has always been one of the most consistent soundtracks in gaming, whether the game has been good or bad.
3: Mm. And I-, I made a point to watch it because, you know, Sonic fan, I... I'm a huge music fan. kind of just blends into me. Um, and oh my God, this was, I've watched a couple of them. I watched the Pokemon one. I watched the undertale one. Uh, I saw one at PAX while a while back for uh, mega man, uh, Florence an Australian game and even hollow Knight. And they were all great, but this blows them so far out of the water. It is ridiculous when they went through it. Of course, Sonic one, they had to go through a bunch of stuff. Um, Whoever was in charge of the editing for the video as well knew what they were doing, and they knew the memes. They took the piss out of some of the less fun levels from Sonic 1, especially the water levels. Uh, So good on them. But they moved on very, very well. They blended it all together. It sounds amazing to hear these... uh, What originally were MIDI tunes in an orchestral soundtrack, an official orchestral soundtrack, moving all the way up? When they got to Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, uh, I remember... I was kind of taken aback because those those two games were the ones I grew up with, more so Sonic Adventure 2. They played one of the tunes from it, Sonic uh, Sonic's Theme, uh, It Doesn't Matter. And I actually remember, because I was just watching it, kind of doing a bit of work in the background. I completely stopped and, like, you ever get that feeling with nostalgia where, like, you start to, like, tear up a little bit? It's just like, whoa, what is this feeling? They did that, and then they went on and, you know Sonic Unleashed, Sonic, Sonic 06, uh, Sonic Colors, all these amazing games. Then they swapped over to the bands, and this is where I reckon it got really, really good. So we got an intermission, they built they repaired the bridge with the original guy who made the original uh, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, soundtrack. Because for those who don't know, Sonic 1 and 2, he was paid to do them, he wanted more money for Sonic 3, and Sega said no, and then somehow got Michael Jackson instead. That was a bit of a win. <laughs> Um, but that bridge had always been burnt. He came back on and said that they're releasing a an official lyric version of the Sonic Green Hill Zone theme. So keep an eye out for that. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that, admittedly, but they started working back through bands, and they got uh, all sorts of musicians in. They had Nate Wants to Battle as a guest vocalist, which was very surprising, but they worked back, and where I think this gets really impressive is they got back to Crush 40. Of course, anyone who follows Sonic, Crush 40 is... They're, they're, they're a deity to you, right? We saw them. They played back through everything. And, oh, they got to at the end, and we'll play the song in a second. Um, live and learn with an orchestral strings section in the back, with horns in the back, everything in the back, a live version. And they, they knew what they were doing. They ended the show and then went like, but we're not done. Here's live and learn. And, like, I could hear... Like, in my room, I could hear a world of Sonic fans just kind of sitting there being like, no way! And then pure bliss. Pure bliss. And I could talk about this for days. I could really go on for days about how amazing this was. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. You just heard Never Apart by Pyrrha, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every week at sin.org.au or on Sunday Arvo on the Sunday Suites Sin show definitely checked it out. Before that, you heard Live and Learn from Sonic Adventure 2 by Crush 40 and the Sonic Symphonic Orchestra. Now, guys, we heard earlier that Netherrealm is moving away from uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and moving into the next projects, and I'm not admittedly the biggest Netherrealm guy, so I'm going to throw to Connor, who I know is a huge Mortal Kombat fan, big Netherrealm fan. What do you think we're going with this?
0: Well, what I just do, do want to start off with first that um, it's been a healthy two years for Mortal Kombat Bad 11, since um, for the past two years since the release, we've had oh god, like three sets of four characters in DLC packs, um, ranging from previous Mortal Kombat characters to comic book characters, and of course, their style of like 80s horror movie and 80s action hero characters. So, like Robocop and Rambo were the two featured. But um, I literally just looked at uh, Netherrealm's back catalogue. Um, since since they basically opened up as a studio. And for the most part, they've really only done fighting games and some mobile games. Um, looking at what they've done previously, I f- don't know if it could lead to like a new Injustice game or whether they're going, whether they go back to the well of Injustice or tackle a new or previous IP that they've done before. Now, when I look at their back catalogue, once again, going back to freaking wrestling, they have made WWE mobile games, uh, specifically WWE Immortals, which was a fighting game. Um, I don't think that's a possibility, but it would be interesting for them to tackle something like that in a fighting game genre, similar to the style of a Mortal Kombat or an Injustice, because Netherrealm are very talented, and I know that they could pull off something like that, and incorporate um, characters' uh, finishes and with, like, say, for example, something similar to like the fatal blows in Mortal Kombat. Um, that could be something, but realistically, if I'm thinking, if I'm thinking, like, just realistically and not excitingly, um, which is not even a word, uh, I think they might go back to the well with a new injustice game. Um,
2: yeah. Um, With news on that, actually, though. Warner Brothers uh, game studio did shut down. So, uh, Oh, oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: There is, like, a a weird area as well in terms of uh, WWE and wrestling games. We've seen a very sharp decline. Uh, Not that that was to any fault of the people over at uh, NetherRealm that that, that were involved with those games. So maybe there could be a new licensing opening up with that that we just don't know about. It's behind the scenes. That is
0: always true. They could like, just blow us um, out of the water and go with something completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
4: I think it would be kind of cool if they... I, I know this is probably a pipe dream, but it would be cool if they made a, a kind of like a Marvel version of an Injustice game. That would be cool. But also, <sighs> if, if they do make a new Injustice game, I kind of... I want to see more characters. I want to see more, like, kind of wacky out there Marvel characters. Uh, not Marvel characters, DC characters. Why did I say Marvel characters? Anyway. I always um, feel,
2: as a consumer, Injustice and Mortal Kombat, as someone who's not super into the more hard, like, tough kind of um, fighting games, those are the same game to me. Mortal Kombat Yeah, and I wholeheartedly are, agree. Like, I don't want to see another... <laughs> that game from them.
0: Well, Thomas interesting enough, interest interestingly enough, I can't speak today, but <laughs> recently I had tried Injustice 2 for the very first time and when I play it, the first thing I feel is this is to, this just feels like Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. So, having something different would be freaking amazing. Um yeah, it's a Jacob Silent Jacob asking if it's the same engine. Yes, it is. um, <laughs> um what <sighs> to sort of keep in the fighting game genre? I'd love to see them do a beat em up.
4: That would be interesting. Yeah, I guess that would be cool. And like they could even like do one uh, but, with Mortal Kombat characters or with DC characters, even.
0: Hmm, but Nathan, if there's one thing that we do love to beat up, it's our next song. So, what do we got? <laughs> we have um, mor- the Mortal Kombat theme medieval cover by. And what you just heard was Must Be Loved by seba featuring electric fields from the Sweet 16 playlist, which you can catch on Sunday. Sweet's on the Sunday afternoon. And before that was the Mortal, Thumb- Mortal Kombat theme, medieval cover by Middle Ages. I wonder if they can do the Doom theme for me. But uh, it's nine o'clock and I checked my imaginary watch. It's apparently the top of the hour. Um, and... Yeah you know what? Let's, int- re- let's reintroduce ourselves, let's re-ingratiate the audience. I, myself, am former executive producer, Connor, alongside my good pals, Nathan. Hello. Silent Tom. Yo, what's up? I'm not so silent. You can't keep me down, mute button. No! <laughs> oh, oh, there he goes. And finally, uh, current executive producer, Jacob.
3: howdy daddy. And I'm just going to cut you off a little bit. I don't know about anyone else. It's very exciting listening to this and knowing we're not halfway through the show. We've still got a lot of show left.
0: (laughs) my God, I'm already so tired. But, you know, if you are tired and want to check out something while you're listening to Player One, go check us out on the socials. We've got the Twitters. We've got the Instagrams. Go check us out. Player One at Sin. And, you know, go check us out in the podcast realm. We're on Omni. We're on Apple. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on, we're everywhere, man. We can't escape. You know, you think you can run, but Player One will always find you. So go check us out wherever great podcasts can be found. Uh,
4: uh, a bit. A bit creepy vibes, a bit yandere vibes there.
0: Well, listen, Nathan. Player one is everywhere. Player one is life, and Omni they'll never present. escape. Exactly right. We are elites of the elite.
3: On Omni, but
0: exactly right. But you know what? Uh, we've got a ton of show left, so let's just get cracking with the knack And we, our next, our next song, which. Naughty words, please tuck the children into bed for about three minutes and fifteen seconds because this next song is Hero of Rhyme by Starbomb. You are listening to Play or One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Nathan, and Silent Tom. <gasps> Man on the
2: Moon by Keon, that's part of Sweet Sixteen, and that's also the song you just heard. Wow, wasn't that so good? Well, you know what's really good? Me, at giving quizzes. I'm an educator, and I'm going to educate everyone here. All of you listeners are about to find out a little bit of thing about me. Before we get into that, this is my special quiz. Tom's special quiz is a game where everyone who's on the show with me, that is Jacob, Nathan, and Connor, all they have to do is say their name after I've read out a question. And they can get a point. We've got 10 questions, so hopefully we'll have a winner by the end. And you know what? Maybe it'll be me again. Let's get straight into the first one. Before <laughs> we do. Let's test everyone's buzzers, okay? Anyone want to go? Connor. Call Jacob. Jacob Nathan. Great. Okay, cool. So the first question, which film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson based off a of video game is the theme for Nathan. this episode? Nathan. Connor. Rage. Nope.
3: Oh. Doom. Yeah, It's Doom! <laughs> first person. Uh, My first mind went to Connor. Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is. There is a Jumanji video game with a rock in it. So you're not wrong. Exactly.
2: Yep, it's also got Jack Black. It's got some other famous stars. Speaking of famous stars, there's going to be some few... they find their way in. They're not going to appear, but like I'll, I'll reference them. I was gonna say, we so, get the rock. Speaking of references, Ultimate Doom was released in 1995. Levels made for this game, and then... name. whoop. Uh, <laughs> Levels made for this game have their names from what famous book?
4: Jacob. Oh, Nathan. Is it from uh, Dante's Inferno? No.
3: Jacob. Oh.
4: Jacob.
3: Now, there's a I few different like, kinds of books that have come into my mind and I can mm-hmm. see Connor, Connor. Ha- Connor feels like he knows it and it's on the tip of it's his a- tongue so I'm going to hope I get it right here. Is it, I'm probably wrong on this, is it a Lord of the Rings book?
2: It is not a Lord of the Rings book. Now, Connor, the All audience, right. we're on the edge of our seats.
0: I feel like I should know this because I've played through Doom One and Doom Two on the Switch, and I yes, do have a copy. Ultimate I have a copy of Doom Final Doom.
2: V- very slightly different. Okay, think about yeah, the themes Doom of Doom. One. It's very. Yeah, of course. You're all gonna hate yourselves after this if you didn't. Oh, I'm
0: really gonna hate myself. Um, um, shoot. Okay, I'm just going out on a complete limb here. I'm gonna say the Satanic Bible. Oh,
2: uh, it's very close. It's actually the actual Bible. So. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> uh, oh. oh my- Oh, that's,
3: that's just so Like obvious that we did think of it Yep I know right fact, I, I,
2: I do always <laughs> one test of these the questions out And I would say about uh, 50% of our like survey <laughs> they, they got that one so you know I try oh. and order these in difficulty but some of them You know we'll, we'll find out We're in a little bit of a lull with the MCU But Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness is coming out soon What movie series inspired The classic Doom Super Shotgun Connor? Connor
0: once again, I feel like I should know this. I'm going to say, was it The Evil Dead?
2: It was The Evil Dead. That's a, oh, look at that Sam Raimi reference in there. <laughs> Get around it. In the topic of movies, on the topic of movies, which actor is responsible for Doom's namesake? Bonus points if you know which film it is in.
3: Okay, hold on. I don't know the name of the character, but I'm. Oh, I feel like I'm wrong on this. I feel like I'm misremembering a very famous quote. There is a quote from Aliens, uh, the second Alien movie, where he's like, "It's all over, dude." Is it well, that? That, one? that
2: quote is actually game over, man. Game over. Game <laughs> over.
3: <laughs> but that's I
0: was not, trying to yes. think. It's not that one, no. Damn it, Connor. I'll take a. I'll take a guess on this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, was it Escape from New York? It was not. Okay, I thought. Yeah, oh, that like, was. I, a have, nice no idea. I okay,
2: have no idea. Okay, so I uh, would like to give a quick. Shout out to Jacob. You were sort of right on some of the Doom themes. Doom actually was originally going to be an alien game, which uh, they couldn't get the licensing. Funny that. (laughs) Because then they did make a Doom clone, which was alien based. But anyway, not the point. The movie was Color of Money and the actor was Tom Cruise. And you might be thinking, that has nothing to do with Doom. And you would be right. But it got its name from that.
0: Sure. Wow. I did not know that. Okay. That's I was cool. okay. closer with that one than
2: I thought I was. Alongside Wolverine and Darth Maul, which PC game does Doomguy officially appear in?
3: Oh, um, Jacob. Jacob. It's a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Pro Skater what? 2. <gasps> oh, that's not Pro Skater 2. <laughs> Can I get that?
2: <laughs> yeah, you get that. Sure, you get it. We're halfway through the quiz. Jacob is tied with Connor for two points, and there is one question that was left unanswered, so I'll just, that was mine, basically. This is my point. Okay, the code to unlock Doom Guy in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, or 3, oh, is also a cheat code in the original game. What is the code, and what does it do?
0: I'm going to say infinite ammo.
2: Uh, it is not. Okay. Jacob. Jacob. As all so, well, bonus
3: points if you know what the code is.
2: Or like vice versa. You know, the all at two.
3: So I'm going to maybe say that if they reuse it, it was a popular code. Mm-hmm. Is it by chance uh, a code that gives oh. you a weapon off the bat? Uh, by chance, oh. maybe giving you the chainsaw straight away?
2: That is something it does, but not really oh. what it does. Nathan. Nathan. Then was it the Konami code? It was not. The code <laughs> was IDKFA, which gives you ammo for every single gun and also all the oh. keys.
0: Okay,
2: okay. So, yeah,
0: so both so both me and Jacob were kind of
2: half right each. Yeah. yeah. Like, sort of, like, because you get all the ammo, you get all the guns, but yeah, for infinite, yeah. you would have to keep typing it in. Oh, okay. So okay. In September of 2020, what health device had Doom played on it? Jacob. Uh, oh, Nathan, Nathan, Jacob, 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 Jacob.
3: Jacob. 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 It was a pregnancy test?
2: It was indeed a pregnancy yes. test. Jacob yes, now um, with three points. 2021 I remember Twenty one. Also, holds many surprises of its own. What operating system was finally made able to play the original Doom?
0: Connor.
3: Connor. My lack of uh, 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 like operating systems here. My yeah. lack of Knowledge of operating systems is really killing me.
0: Mm. I'm gonna say. Let's just go with like the first. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go like the first kind of Apple operating system that they. Use Anyone else like, want
2: to have a guess? Because I'm going. I to, know. I'm willingly I, say it's probably uh, newer than that. See, that was uh,
4: going to be my guess. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Um, yep. Was it? Was it the operating system? The PiOS, I think it's called the operating system for the Raspberry Pi.
2: No, no, that yeah. Doom probably came with it. I would be almost willing to
0: bet. It was a pack-in title.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Uh, I got nothing. Well, it was Temple OS, the
0: free Christian
2: made operating system, which was made in 2006. Uh, whose creator made and updated all the way through to 2017 when they sadly passed in 2018. And as of two weeks ago, finally got released on Temple OS.
0: Amazing, amazing,
2: Crazy, crazy, crazy world. The Game Boy is a handheld console with only two letter. Button inputs for Doom on the system. What is the eight-letter cheat code for God mode? Okay, so I ran the math. There is two hundred and fifty-six possible answers. That does give you guys some leeway. And in case you oh. can't remember, A and B are the two inputs. So
0: Connor, A, B A, B B, B A, B. Okay, well that is incorrect. <laughs> Jacob. Okay, I thought so. Jacob. Yeah.
3: I don't think this is right, but it feels like it might be. Is it just a series of the letter A? It is not. Damn it.
4: Uh, I've got to say, is it a series of the letter B? It
2: is not that either. It is A-A-B-A-A-A-A-A. Now... Uh. Uh, Connor, because it's your first I'm week close. with me doing the quiz, and my second quiz. Honestly, I always try and make it exceedingly more difficult up until the very end. Yeah, I can tell. So, at the moment, we have Jacob and the lead, I think, by one. Yes. Now, with that in mind, this is this is very close. This is neck and neck. The final question: failing to stay alive on Doom 2016's Nightmare mode will do what to your Uh
0: thinking, Connor. Connor. Uh, delete your save file and that you have to start incorrect. over from... Oh, no, sh- that's Ultra Nightmare Jacob. mode.
3: Um, okay. um, what does it do to a save file? What does it do to a save file? So it doesn't delete it. That's Ultra Nightmare. Thanks for that, Connor. Um, I know. I was wrong. Does was- it reset it? No. No! Uh, Nathan.
4: Nathan. Uh, does it um, reset the level you're on? I mean, sort of. It does nothing to your save.
2: Okay, oh. because <laughs> when if you go back... And you were uh, vibing and you were listening to the music. You can listen to that file select from Sonic 3. Whoa, that's our next song coming up. And Jacob, he just won the quiz. You're listening to Player One on Sin.
3: To Player One on Sin, you just heard Ride by Baker Boy and Guillemot, part of Sweet 16, our Sunday Sweets show. You can check that out on sin.org.au. Now, we're going to slow down a little bit. Is we're talking about something that's a little bit more, well, not a little bit, it's a lot of bit more um, <sighs> serious. Of course, this is NADOC Week, or at least last week was NADOC Week, and we figured we should talk about it and help raise awareness as to what NADOC Week is. Now, NADOC Week is a celebration of First Nations peoples and Torres Strait Islanders. Um, during this week, uh, we highlight the people uh, who need to be highlighted under that banner. Now, this week, uh, the theme for this week is Heal Country. So, obviously, we're going to try and, uh, as I said, highlight some stuff throughout, but I'm going to quickly give you some information on where you can find uh, just some stuff to help educate yourself on what you can do to not only learn, but help. In a little cheat sheet that we have for Player One, I'm just going to read some accounts you can follow and some things you should know for this week. Firstly, NADOC stands for National Aborigines and Islanders Day of Observance uh, Committee. Its origins can be traced to the emergence of Aboriginal groups in the 1920s, which sought to increase awareness in the wider community uh, of status and treatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. Now, of course, if you want to learn more about this, you can, of course, look at www.nadoc.org.au forward slash about forward slash history. Or if you want to learn things on your socials, you can check out these accounts at at NADOC Week, uh, at Common Ground Australia, at Clothing the Gaps, at Black Business, that's B L A K Business, uh, at Reconciliation Oz, at NITV underscore AU, at ABC Indigenous, and at uh, at Nungala creative now on the back of that tom you had a little bit of uh stuff you wanted to highlight this week yeah
2: i um i did thank you for that jacob so one thing we have talked about a lot in the shows in the game development especially within australia and obviously one game that is always going to be talked about and 100 percent always worth talking about is enchanted uh couch kind of co-op game very similar to overcooked if you played it but it it gets a lot more into uh, native culture and aborigine indigenous culture within australia and it talks yeah it has a lot of fun it's like it's a great game and it's honestly amazing but one thing i think especially when we're a video game show is we want to always talk about uh, these ex- like levels of uh, games have in the community, but. Sadly, Indigenous Australians are very underrepresented in Mm -hmm. video games. Typically, uh, creation as well as like character and design. And I think personally that that comes down to how uh, systematically oppressed the Indigenous Australians have been. And when 95% of game developers and game designers, coders, graphics, whatever, come from a university background... Uh, people who aren't just picked off the street. Hey, you could. do you want to design a game? It's like, you know, the stuff that's locked behind education uh, of high levels or like economic barriers that due to the way our government previously, and it is getting better, but it still is bad, has treated our indigenous communities that it becomes very difficult for these people to maybe uh, go into careers such as game development, especially when uh, as low as only three percent in 2018 of uh young adult indigenous Australians went into university how do we like how do those people want to go into video games and there's like a uh, lots of fields that are extremely underrepresented due to this education and economic gap uh outside of video games to keep it on topic of gaming though with player one there is this program called lugara that is going around to rural Australian schools And teaching students, especially primary to high school, about the importance of video games and how that can have on sharing of culture, sharing of, like, discussion and having fun, as well as, like, life skills, problem solving and computer science. This group goes around to plenty of schools, teaches students, like, years 9 to 12, and that push in education to help raise people up and into places where they can learn about computer science or even STEM and lots of other expansive fields that should be open to everyone. You know, that's really, I think, important to me um, <laughs> on a much different note something's also important to me is music uh speaking of music you should really uh, you should check out the next song if you keep listening but also you should check out king stingray if you love australian music they do some great stuff it's all available on triple j on earth so you can download it for free share it with all your friends maybe get on sin and play it on your show but also coming up next we have chasing ghosts by busted lung that's part of sin sweet 16 and you can check that out on sin.org and also on spotify
3: I, I will quickly jump in here just before we pass off to the song. We are playing a little bit of King Stingray later on. And Ooh. all of our Sweet 16 music this week has been done by First Nations peoples. So definitely check out uh, sin.org.au or the Sweet 16 show on Sunday uh, Sunday Arvo to have a listen to this and give these people the support that they deserve. Because a lot of these songs are just really, really, really good. But yeah. as Tom said, we're going to go straight into our next song. And that next song is Chasing Ghosts. By Busted Lung, part of our Sweet 16, on Player One with Jacob, Tom, Connor, and Nathan.
2: The song you just heard was One by Tasman Keith featuring Kwam. Kwam? That's part of Sin Sweet 16. And if you love interviews,
3: stay tuned. We're about to play a Phoebe Watson interview right now. Welcome to Player One. We have a very, very special interview tonight with an Australian Indigenous developer very very special is Phoebe Watson uh, who is well known for making quite a few games within um, the Australian sphere and just being awesome in it. So Phoebe for those who don't know you could you please introduce yourself?
5: Hi thank you so much for having me guys. Um, My name is Phoebe and I am a indigenous uh, game designer and I come from um, the Yarragundish clan from the Ma Nation down into ...Southwest Victoria, which is located kind of around Melbourne, uh, sorry, around Warrnambool, but um, I'm currently living in Melbourne at the moment.
3: Fair, fair. Um, of course, thank you for coming on. It's, uh, it's an honour to have you on. Um, so I guess we'll just jump straight into the questions. And Zach, do you want to take away the start? I will. And for going to the start, we will go back to the very start. What got you into video games in the first place?
5: Ah, the very start. I love it. Um Plus
3: begins at video games. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes.
5: um, Yeah, so I kind of fell into video games when my dad got um, the PlayStation 2 Slim. Um, that was kind of my first introduction to video games and having like my own kind of control over them and then it wasn't long before he bought mine over Christmas without asking my mum because my parents are separated and I remember coming home with this PlayStation and two games and one of them was uh, Gran Turismo, I don't remember which one, and the other was Ratchet and Clank and I specifically remember my mum taking Ratchet and Clank, it was up your arsenal, and putting it on the top shelf where I couldn't touch it because it had shooting in it. And I specifically remember having to convince my mum that this game was okay to play because she was very concerned about the shooting aspect. I was like, No, it's fine. It's like aliens, it's not people, like it's it's fine,
4: it's fine. And then eventually she she gave in. I, I can't imagine how she would have thought of Grand Theft Auto or something like that then.
5: <laughs> no, I yeah, it was it was very early days. Um and, yeah, she didn't have very much, um, you know, access or interest in games. So she'd obviously heard a lot of those things where parents are like, oh, shooting games, bad for kids, you know, violence, blah, blah, blah. But I had to work her down mm. and explain to her. So
4: what is your favorite game?
5: Yeah, my, I think...
4: To pick a favourite
5: game, it's difficult because I obviously I enjoy a lot of games, as a lot of people do, but I'm just going to go off the game that I've clocked the most hours in and I can 100% hands down say that was um, Skyrim on Xbox 360, Elder Scrolls. So that I think, I I spent so, way too many hours doing all of the side quests, buying all of the houses and yeah,
4: I love it. Didn't
3: we all, honestly? <laughs> um, but I figure we'll jump straight into, I guess the big question here, what made you decide to follow game Mm, development yeah
5: so game development for me wasn't particularly a um, career interest that I had from the beginning it's something that I kind of fell into so when I was going through high school, you know, I, I initially wanted to be a zoologist because my mum has um, done a lot of work with animals and I used to go bandicoot trapping with her out in the bush and I really enjoyed that. And then I kind of went through like a typical emo teen phase and I really got into like forensic science and like all of those like CSI TV shows. Was like, Yes, this is what I want to do. I want to catch like serial killers and murderers. Um, but then that kind of started moving into like self-expression through art so a lot of my year 12 subjects were really focused around art um, and design and when I left high school I actually thought that I was going to be doing fine art so I, I had applied to um, universities for fine arts courses in uh, Melbourne Union RMIT and it wasn't really until I started looking at the course guide and what was being offered and I saw RMIT had uh, the games design course. And I was like, I, I, this, I literally thought, I like games. Maybe I could make them. That kind of sounds fun. Maybe I could do art for them. Um, so I ended up applying. Um, I did their prerequisite tasks and ended up getting um, a few interviews for the course. And that's when I knew that I really, really loved it. So that's kind of how it came about.
2: Oh, my God. That was a part of the Phoebe Watson interview that was so good I'm utterly blown away but if you want to hear the rest of it just like I do you can check it out on our socials which are at player1 on Instagram and Sin as well We're at player1 on Omni Apple Podcasts Google Podcast, and Spotify that's all up there but you know what's not up there the next song which is Shade Away by Electric Field
4: <laughs> that was Get Me Out by King Stingray from Sin's Sweet 16 playlist check it out on the Sunday Sweets Show on Sunday and also at and also um, sin.org.au. Uh, you're listening to Player One on Sin, and right now um, we're talking about a little thing. Nintendo Life recently asked the a question—a pretty stupid question: Are 2- 2D games worth full price after the announcement of Net- Metroid Five Dread? What do we think, Connor? Uh, like,
0: okay, um, I've got my piece on this. So, firstly, I love Nintendo Life. I think that when it comes to anything nintendo i think they're probably the most reliable source out there um now the reason why i really sort of hate i don't i hate this question because we've become so we've become so drowned in the fact that we expect a full price game to be this huge open world huge expansive game with a ton of dlc a ton of like you know we expect a, a full price game to be something like an Assassin's Creed, like a Call of Duty, like a Grand Theft Auto. When when someone brings this up, is like a 2D game worth full price. Anyone can sell a 2D game at full price. That's up to them. Now, it's also, I think partially due to if the player themselves see the value in it, in the game itself. Now, am I a fan of Metroid? Not really. I've never played it, but would I, people ask this question. Now I'm going to go back to crash Mandicoot was crash four worth $60, like worth full price. And they made it feel like worth full price with all the added content and the ton of replayability. Um, but if it was just a straightforward crash game like the original three, I would have paid full price for it. A lot of it is depending on um, how, how the player sees the value. Um, does anyone else have any comments so, on this?
2: I think one thing I really want to ask, and I'm sure maybe some people in the audience want to know, is how did this come up? Uh, how does- so
3: after the announcement of Metroid Five uh, Dread, of course, uh, that is a 2D game in the same mm-hmm. style as the original Metroid games. Yeah. Uh, the simple question was asked, and I'm pretty sure they were um, against um, the idea of them being a different price. All 2D games should be the same price. Um, if you haven't checked out Nintendo Life, do check it out. They have maybe the best video game journalist in the world right now, in John Cock, uh, John Cartwright, working with them. So that's probably someone worth checking out. But After it, they brought it up, and I'm going to quickly jump in before I throw it back to Tom. I just want to name some games that are 2D that um, are just fantastic. Uh, We have Sonic Mania. We have uh, Hollow Knight. We have Stardew Valley. You have Rayman Legends and Origins. These games are phenomenal. And you're going to tell me that they're not worth full price, but uh, there's also stuff like Terraria. Exactly. These are games that, like, they define what people do the entire kirby franchise is essentially a 2d uh platformer yes there are 3d games in there but it's known for what it is so yeah yeah obviously they don't have the same appeal they used to but i would argue more effort nowadays goes into a good 2d game than a uh, thrown together yearly uh 3d game as connor mentioned assassin's creed they very recently mentioned. Yes, that, uh, Valhalla will be the first game in Assassin's Creed history that makes it to a second year. So, like, yeah. Um, me, no I also brainer.
4: think. I also think us as gamers are getting a bit. I, I'm not sure what the word is like a bit Complacent? spoiled or spoiled. I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, we have so much stuff now that we're kind of starting to question. You know are 2d games worth it when you know that there are some really good 2d games and i think like with as much effort as like the developers put into the games i think like it's always worth it i think
2: i think uh as much as i want to use my time to make a joke about how old games are 2d unless you have a fancy television that makes them 3d okay by the way nintendo hit me up um (laughs) like hire me all games should cost as much as it takes to pay their workers fairly. And I know that this is something that I always find the opportunity to rant about, but yeah. the discussion is, Oh, should the consumers be paying this little amount? If you're financially able to pay your staff right from a game sales, that's what's important. Okay. The, the people who the artists who make the art are the ones who get the money that they deserve. Okay. I, I probably wouldn't pay $60 for a mobile game, but if that's what it took to finance the the people who made it, then go right ahead. That's how much it should cost. Like some 2d games may cost less. Some 3d games may cost less. That is just the relevance of making video games. It shouldn't be a debate of whether it's 2d or 3d. It should be a debate of whether this is how much like is expected to pay for the stuff. Um, there you go. That's my. <laughs> I, I also yeah. want
0: to raise just quickly another point here. Um, when people think full price, they think of a game that will have I also think somewhat uh, longevity where, for example, if there is a story mode to it, you beat that story mode and then move on to the multiplayer. Um, with this, with Metroid Dread being, for the most part, a game you just play, beat, and put down, possibly not play again. Um. I I think that's partially where this, argue, like this point is coming from where a full price game people are wanting more out of that full price rather than a game that you can just pick up and put down after you finished it.
2: Something Ooh. I will say quickly is the most expensive game to make so far is currently Halo Infinite and it is coming with free multiplayer and also to the Xbox Game Pass. So microsoft has already dumped money into paying mm. the, the game properly hopefully you know maybe there'll be an investigation into that but they're also offering it for a discounted price for those as well like so okay, th- cool. this should not be yeah like a discussion of how much content as well that comes in but you know what i'm happy to discuss Brinstar deaths from super smash bros melee okay because maybe that's Maybe I prefer it in different versions of Super Smash or the game that it's probably from that I have never played. But after that is Ridley Boss theme from Metroid Zero Mission. And you, just like all of us, are listening to Player One.
1: This is top of the hour! <laughs> we have an Instagram and a Twitter, which is at player one Sim. We also have a YouTube. I'm a Spotify and an Omni. I'm an Apple podcaster and Google podcaster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't anymore. Oh, oh Lord. It's okay. The racking king, he's within me. And I'm going to hold him back to let you guys know that the rest of the show is going to be great. And oh, he's coming back. I can feel it. But you need to stay tuned. I swear he, he'll he be long gone by then. But
3: you'll still be here because boy and his best boat by Starbomb is... Oh, it's on next. You just heard Be The One by Be Wise and Becca Hatch on Player One on Sin, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every week at sin.org.au. Now, of course, I'm sure you've kind of figured out, given the theme, the fact we played all three Zelda raps this week, we have uh, an interview coming up with a special person, of course, Ninja Brian, Brian Wecht, one-third of uh, Starbomb, one-half of Ninja Sex Party. Here he is talking to our team, Right now.
6: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Player One. I am Dem, and I am here once again with Beck Nathan Jacob and a special guest. You may know him, in fact, a musician, comedian, and theatrical. That is the wrong word. (laughs) 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 Are you theatrical? I feel like you're theatrical. I meant (laughs) theoretical. I'll roll with it. Theatrical it's going well
0: give it another spin give it another spin
6: (laughs) yeah i'll just keep saying it until it eventually comes out a theory and theoretical physicist from nsp Starbomb, and more the definition of the strong and silent type with a phd title that really does just roll off the tongue please welcome brian wecht or ninja
1: brian hi everybody thank you so much for having me
3: great to have you great to have you thank you for joining the show of course dem
1: yeah, well,
6: I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed and I'm up first, so let's rumble. Let's get some questions. <laughs> so, of course, you've done a lot of stuff with the Game Grumps, and we're a video game show, so where to, where to start, but with video games. So, are you into video games?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been into video games since I was a kid. I had an Atari 2600 and an original NES and, you know, all the old school, like, you know, early 80s, mid-80s game stuff, and I've, uh, I had to take a little break when I was in grad school just because of, uh, you know, I had to do like work. Uh, but uh, I've been gaming throughout and yeah, and now I play video games with my daughter who is just turned seven. And so I'm gaming with her now. Yeah. Oh
6: my gosh, that's so nice. Are there any favorites amongst the fan?
1: Uh, she, well, she's a big Mario fan, of course uh right now she's really into she just hit an age where she can play like completely by herself and the big thing was now she can read right so once she could start to read then it was like all right she can just go so she's really into stardew valley right now she loves she has her own little farm and we played it together a couple years ago but i had to read everything to her and now she can read by herself so she loves that and then any any mario game she's very into odyssey uh right now we've been playing cuphead together uh which Uh. is cuphead is like one of my all-time favorite games i just love it so much uh so hard though it is really really hard i'm trying to tell me if you think this is this is just maybe a, a a justification but um I feel like it's good for her to watch something that rewards perseverance. You know what I mean? And it's so hard that there's just no way to do well at it right away until you've died like a hundred times with each boss or whatever. So I feel like it's kind of teaching her perseverance, even though she she's too little to play it. Like for a seven year old, it's way too hard, but she can watch me fail over and over and over and over again. Uh, and we played it a couple years ago, but I, I actually just replayed the whole thing, uh, in the last week or so. Um, oh, so wow. I, it. and we actually, that, the, the music for that is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Amazing, Christopher Madigan, no uh, wrote the, wrote the score and it's just one of my favorite thing. I mean, a live band, you know, with all recorded in this old school kind of like twenties, thirties, big band style. I just think it's some of the best video game music ever.
6: It's so fantastic. Would you call him one of your favorite composers, perhaps?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, I I I love this particular score. I don't know anything else he's done, but yeah, I mean, just based on this, for sure. Yeah, I I think it's I think the Cuphead score is really an amazing achievement.
6: Not oh, amazing.
1: Well, yeah.
6: if we jump onto some of your characters and your works, how did you come up with the character you're most well known for, Ninja Brian?
1: That was so. That was with my uh, comedy partner Dan Avidan uh for our band nsp and it was so we came up with the, can i say the full band name on the air as yeah. Well? Yeah. yeah uh so uh the band name full band name is ninja sex party and that was danny's idea essentially before we ever met he was like someday i want to be in a band called ninja sex party and then when we started trying to come up with what what is this band we met through like a friend of a friend uh, you know, he was like, well, I think I'm, you know, I, 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 Brian, I'm not a singer. So it was pretty clear that he would be the voice and I would be the, you know, the instrumentalist. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, obviously I'm going to sing. And we thought what would be a fun other character to have, or there's Ninja in the band. So probably I'm a Ninja. And then, and I'm playing the piano. Uh, and then it was just like, you know, there was a bit of, discussion early on do i ever take the costume off am i like masked sometimes do i talk and eventually we just decided it was more fun to have a character that was just the ninja all the time and never spoke uh it seemed like a more fun choice for the comedy uh even if it meant that you know no one ever knew what i looked like so but whatever it was funnier and so we just decided you know and then through the course of doing i think we just did our we're somewhere in between our 50 and 60th music video because we've been at it for like 12 years at this point uh you know the character kind of grows and stuff gets added on uh as more and more videos happen so the initial idea was ninja then that became always in costume silent ninja and then there have been various other character traits like uh, to me the most important one that i have to remember is uh ninja brian doesn't blink and in no videos do a take where i blink I have to say scrap it. I blinked in that one. We're gonna have to use a different take. It just <laughs> Sorry
6: guys. I'm gonna have to cut that one there. I blinked. I'm I'm it, sorry. That's on me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, it, it it really is. And sometimes I'm so I don't know if it, this is not an experience I think most people have when you're really trying not to blink, there comes a point where you can't tell if you just blinked or not. Cause you're kind of like your eyes are like going crazy and you can't tell if you're like you're twitching or blinking or it, yeah, it, it gets to be a, a thing.
3: <laughs> if I may, I will just jump in and ask. Please. So obviously the, the character's kind of well known as well for uh, the double we um, will say the double salute, the, uh, the double bird. How did that come along? Because that's very um, iconic now.
1: You know, I I can't remember. It feels like it's always been there. It definitely wasn't at the beginning. Um, I I think... I don't, I, you know, I unfortunately don't have a great story for you, but the the basic idea, was, you know, if you can't talk, there's only so much you can do, and you get to, you know, it's like body acting or like eye acting kind of stuff, and at some point, it was clear that Ninja Brian was just a complete sociopath, so it seemed like the natural thing for them to do is just flip everyone off, and... It became, the, the fun part about that is once we, so we started with a lot of live performing in comedy clubs in New York. And then when we were living in different places, there wasn't so much live stuff. And then once we started doing, performing again in bigger shows, like flipping people off, just became a great way to engage with the crowd. And you can, you know, point at people in the back of the room and throw them the bird. It's, it's great. So it became a fun thing to do at concerts too. You just heard a snippet, only a snippet
3: of our interview with Ninja Brian, also known as Brian Wecht. Now, if you want to hear the rest of that, please have a look on our socials at Player One, Twitter and Instagram, or on Player One, Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, where you can find the full interview and definitely have a listen because it was a fun little one. But what other song can we go into other than Danny Don't You Know? by Ninja Sex Party. One of those days by Nadala. And it. to be honest, it is kind of one of those days. We're talking about Smash. We're talking about possibilities in Smash. It's just another one. Uh, of course, in the recent Smash showcase uh, of Kazuya, of course, the Tekken character, which we'll get, I'll get uh, Connor's opinions on in just a sec, Mr. Sakurai told us that the last Smash character will be released this year. That implies that there is another Nintendo Direct But we're not going to discuss Nintendo Direct hopes because we don't want to get too hopeful. Uh, So let's discuss who might be the last Smash character. But again, as I said before that, Connor, Kazuya, how do you feel?
0: Great. I love Tekken. I love Kazuya. A lot of people were kind of disappointed by the reveal, which I get. They wanted something a bit different. They wanted something a bit bigger. But like, I was really excited because it brings another fighting game into the fold. I know there's been like some heihachi um shout-outs in Smash with like some me costumes and stuff, but having Kazuya as the chosen character um I think was the perfect choice for the series because he kind of represents the series as a whole. Um now I I have purchased the DLC pack for Kazuya but I actually haven't played played um with him as of yet. So I haven't gotten a feel for the character but What I can really appreciate is the fact that they've kept everything so accurate. I love – Kazuya has a tremendous moveset, which just has stuck with the Tekken series ever since the first game. And seeing those moves replicated um, in Smash is such an exciting thing to see. Um, It was much better implemented than the uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter game, which puts any – Any hopes of uh, of a Street Fighter Cross Tekken or Tekken Cross Street Fighter game in the Tekken universe down the drain, because let's be honest, we don't really need that. Um, And there's really not much I can say about that. But in terms of what's next, at this point, you really can't predict because any sort of prediction that anyone has ever had has immediately gone down the toilet because they've announced something so left field. I don't think anyone thought Kazuya would be in... I don't think I heard anyone predict Kazuya in Smash.
3: It's been like that for a couple of them now. Like, um, I genuinely... I think the last one I heard someone predict, especially for this fighter pass, was Steve. And that's just because it made so much sense. Whereas Sephiroth, no one expected. Kazuya, I actually quite no one expected, that one. but... Every both both Sephiroth and Kazooie, everyone saw, or at least everyone I've seen see it, saw it and was like, "Oh, not my pick, but yeah, it makes sense, and I'm happy with it, uh, myself included." Yeah. Uh, Pyro, I... admittedly, yeah, but the last character, as you said, it's it's a tough one because it's. it's I not... I think it's gonna be Waluigi.
0: The, awesome. the, meme, the the name of Waluigi and Smash I, the closeout.
3: I will say that I think it will be a fan favorite because it's the add-on character. Because they've had the five, then they've had another five, and then here's the oh, by the way, here's a spare character that we figured you guys might like. So maybe it'll be a fan favorite. Maybe it'll and problem with a fan favorite is what does a fan favorite count? That's Geno. That's Crash. That's Doom Guy. That's Master Chief. That's Shantae. I've seen so many fan favorites that it yeah. could be anyone. I
2: think like I've always had an issue with Smash releases where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I like the idea of all these characters coming into the game and there's a certain thrill to it. But then when you get to release and you're like, oh, okay, that's the thing. Uh, and then I would say it's, go- it's gone. There's like a very sort of like instant, like, oh, that's
3: cool. And then I don't really I don't really that's- mind. And that's... I I mean, the I think problem the... with the DLCs for Smash it is very like you pick it up, you play it, oh yeah, and then nothing.
0: But that's kind of the point. It revitalizes your interest for a little bit and would, gets you spending a little like, bit money
2: instantly. Yeah. Like after watching the reveal, I'm like,
3: whoa, Sephiroth.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, what's next? I don't. It's it's it, yeah. Look, I mean, it's a tough one for this. I, I mean, I'm going to throw a weird one on the left field. Put Sakurai himself into the game as the last (laughs) character because my god that would be the best and you know what considering you know how much he loves kirby just give him kirby's moveset that's all i want
0: (laughs) so so you're (laughs) saying so you're saying if uh if you're playing a match of sakurai versus kirby when kirby eats sakurai it kirby (laughs) will just turn into sakurai as in not just like not just Kirby with a wig, but just Sakurai himself.
3: I, I think <laughs> I would love if instead of that, just like a random, you know, Sakurai's character presses the B button. It's any character's random B button. You get a random thing. It would make it an extremely fun character to play. Um, but of course, it's not going to happen. But <laughs> fingers crossed we get Sakurai in Smash.
0: Now, <laughs> that would be weird.
3: It would be good. Cool.
0: But. Like, okay. I'll throw this down. Now, it's either gonna be I, I do agree that if if Nintendo do anything that the fans would like love eternally, it would be Waluigi coming into Smash. But I think they're gonna play the troll card, like just be like, Oh, well, guess what? You're gonna get Birdo instead. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It'll I'm be another Fire
3: Emblem it. Awakening character. Specifically Awakening to piss everyone off. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm calling Dirdo. Dirdo in Smash. Uh, or,
4: or it'll be another Arms character.
0: Okay. <laughs> Actually, I don't <laughs> mind
3: that. I, okay, I don't mind Arms that. A third go. No, but you, know, you know who's not going to be in the game, unfortunately? And it really annoys me that there won't be another Sega character. It won't be Shadow, right? And here is Shadow's Revolt Remix, a Smash Bros. <laughs> concept theme by Virix Dreamcore on player one on sin with Jacob, Tom, Connor, and Nathan.
2: As well as on the Sunday suites. That's okay. Well, okay. Pokemon go, right? Everyone knows it's five years old. Uh, Hillary Clinton even knew it. Okay. That was a big thing. That was a meme. people (laughs) laughed, but I, I, um, I want to talk about why I think it's such a phenomenon. And I, I mean, I have a lot of points about this. Pokemon is probably my biggest introduction into video games. Uh, and I am part of the problem that I'm about to introduce you. Pokemon Go gave the players and the fan base a way to play Pokemon outside and like to play it like immersively. I've got my fingers. I'm doing the quotes stuff. I know you can't see it at home. Just do it yourself. And it's just like, it's me. And um, <laughs> I think like there was a sore lacking of expansion in the Pokemon series in that facet of it. Like. Uh, you know, Black and White 2, I felt was you know, anyway, its own an expansion, but whatever. <laughs> it, we as an audience have been so excited for like stuff to grow, and there was a little bit of seeing that in Sword and Shield, and we might be getting it with Legends of Arcus. But I think Pokemon as a franchise has been really impacted by how big it is because when you have uh, a group that is consistently producing content every single year. Around the same time, you know, they have strict deadlines. They have strict quotas, especially with merchandise releases that they have to, like, line up. And Okay, you know, we have to sell all this stuff at the same time so we can't delay games. Or we have to, um, you know, we have to sell products. We're, we're Game Freak. We're Pokemon. So you, you start not wanting to take those risks, to take Pokemon in different areas. And by giving Pokemon to Niantic and being like, okay, do your thing that you did with the previous game, but make it Pokemon... You know, that was explosive. Everyone was like, we needed this risk. Oh, my gosh, we needed it. And, like, it blew up everywhere. I mean, I still play the game today. I have a raid group in Williamstown. Shout out. Uh, but, yeah. You know, like, wh- why do you guys think Pokemon Go was so important? And, Nathan, maybe you had something to say.
4: Um, so, I'm, I'm not going to talk about why it was so good because I actually, I never played Pokemon Go. a a few reasons. One, I, I hate walking. (laughs) Um, two, I, I also, I don't really, um, have much data on my phone, so I can't like keep the thing open all the time and with me because, you know, it sucks up all my data. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I never really saw the, the appeal of it. Well, I kind of saw the appeal. I thought it I thought it would be cool, but then when I found out I had to use my data, I was just like, ah, uh, nah, bye.
3: <laughs> uh, I, might, I might jump in here and, like, the appeal of it was very strange, definitely for someone who was a Pokemon fan for as long as I have been, um, to see all of a sudden Pokemon's in the mainstream again. Like, I remember kind of waking up and feeling like it was a bit of a dream, and then it was hit by the realization that it's Gen 1 and it's. Um, pandering to all the old fans like Pokemon's done for about 25 years. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a shame, but it was an interesting thing to happen because I remember seeing it everywhere, and, like, I still don't understand why it picked up. Because it picked up, and then it just would not stop. But it was such a phenomenon to the point where there are Simpsons episodes with references to Pokemon Go particularly. And as Tom said, there was a stagnation in the Pokemon franchise at that point where we just didn't see anything new. We see it now with things like Pokemon Snap and other ventures that the Pokemon company is following. And it's actually working for them. But I think maybe it was the the freshness of the idea, uh, the fact it was Gen 1 Pokemon and it was advertised for, you played this game in the 90s, didn't you? You'll play this again. (laughs) Charizard. (laughs) Wow, they really had that thick
2: Aussie accent, didn't they? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Bloody hell mate I caught a Pikachu on my way to work oh. <laughs> Well Jacob If there's one thing that you always got to do When you play Pokemon Is that you got to catch them all And if there's one thing that I enjoy Catching every single day It's our next song oh,
4: God. God He's back
3: oh, He's back <laughs>
0: it's, like I I ne- it's like I never Left <laughs>
3: A bad <laughs> habit. It is a bad habit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's, what's the next, next song? <laughs> Did you miss me? God, <laughs>
3: uh, well, well, while I try to comprehend and stop Connor from these terrible quote unquote uh, segues, I'm going to segue myself into the Pokemon League from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which was remixed by Glitch City here on Player One with Tom, myself, Jacob, uh, Connor.
0: And, and what you just heard was Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. And much like Ed Sheeran, who has a lot of terrible bad habits, we do because we've stayed up all night trying to do a three-hour show. But you know what? As I look at my imaginary watch, it's it's time to close up shop. Let's switch that sign to close. And i got to tell you that if you need more Player One action before you go to bed every night... Go check us out in the social medias. I'm talking like the Twitters, the Instagrams at Player One Sin. And if you want to listen to us as a great way to go, go to bed every night and fall asleep family, go check us out in the podcast realm at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Omni, everywhere you can find great podcasts. And you know what? If you also want some video content to check out, just go to the YouTube, Player One Sin, it's all there. Now, before we send you off into a lovely world of slumber, uh, guys, do we have any final words for our lovely audience?
3: Yes, we do. I will quickly jump in and just say thank you to all you guys for joining me for the first episode of season three. Uh, And thanks for people listening and sticking around for the full three hours. I hope it was worth it. Uh, And of course, I will say that the two interviews you heard tonight, uh, of course, Ninja Brian, Brian Wecht, or Phoebe Watson. Please have a look for them as they will be releasing in the near future, if not already released. And great interviews. Please check them out.
0: Mm.
2: (sighs) I just can't (laughs) wait for one of you guys to tuck me into bed. Don't worry, Tom. Tom, I'm I'm already there. It's Tommy Tom bed, bed
4: bedtime. I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be back creating content having some fun times talking about video games
3: well well wholesome! We, very wholesome and while we all get ready for tommy tom bedtimes we all tuck ourselves in um kind of picture like uh madeline the old show we're all in the same room just getting ready for bed here we're gonna